0: Hey, this is the Huddle Wisdom Podcast. This is where we talk about the mental models that simplifies your parenting because we live in a complex world, and I hope to make it easier for you. I hope. My name is Dr. Devin Tan. I'm a youth forensic psychiatrist. I'm a dad. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Please excuse my voice today. I've been nursing a cold. I assume it's a cold. I assume it's viral. It's been about five or six days now, and the fever finally broke yesterday. I f- I'm feeling much less useless today. I've done some housework. Thank you very much. And uh, I feel better for doing the housework. don't feel 100% better in my body, but I hope you are doing okay. Please wash your hands before and after you eat. Wash your hands. Last week, I was a guest on The Nutters Club, which is a radio show based in New Zealand that broadcasts to the world. What an honor and a privilege to be invited. So on the show, they talk about mental health matters, and they truly help people. I actually believe that they save lives. Shout out to Boris Sokratov, the producer who invited me, uh, Hamish Williams, and Kyle McDonald, consummate gentlemen, and the staff at the studio. Man, just professional as what an amazing operation. It's it's a completely different world to mine, completely different skill set. And I'm just in awe of what they do. They make it look so easy. You know, just to to show up, almost no preparation, it seemed. They just talk profoundly insightful. They they say funny things. You know, it's like a genius, geniuses. Anyway, mental health, you know, they make it um, educational, entertaining, hope-bringing. On the show, I was asked about something along the lines of, why do we have young people in locked facilities? These young people causing a lot of trouble out there in society, okay? They're doing bad stuff, getting into trouble with the law, They're just doing naughty things. Well, why is that? You would have thought I would have said something profound, something about the factors and determinants that led up to them acting out. I might have talked about their dislocation from society, their disconnection from their community. Their primary attachments, all that sort of stuff, right? No, I said something completely stupid, completely dumb. You know, just brainless. Something about what did I say? Something like where else are we? <laughs> where, well, where else are we gonna put them? I missed the point completely. <laughs> I think my brain was just mush that day. I I can't make excuse excuses. Um, I can only blame my dumbness. But you know, Hamish and Kyle were so gracious, and they seamlessly, skillfully transitioned and moved the tr- uh, conversation onto something something else that was related. You know how you might usher a drunk, obnox- ob- obnoxious person out of a room? <laughs> it was just like that. Uh, so anyway, this episode today is, I think, partly a way for me to redeem myself. Okay, I want to give people a, a, a more robust answer, a more thoughtful answer, Something with a little bit more teeth, something a bit more practical uh, Something that will help people actually understand Why some young people get into so much trouble So, okay, if you're in New Zealand the last, I'd say a year or maybe more There's been a lot of stuff in the news about ram raids You know, what a ram raids? It's just, you know, wayward youth Piling into into a car, usually young boys, teenage boys Dumb boys, boys are dumb at that age, okay We're all dumb, right? I was dumb. Friends were dumb. (laughs) Everyone was dumb at that age. You just just do dumb stuff. You pile them in the car. One of them has the bright idea of stealing some candy and then they say, I have got no money. Let's smash into a shop and let's see what happens. So smash into a shop, break the windows, right? Get out of the car, steal some lollies. Or if it's a jewelry shop, you steal some jewelry. And you run out of the shop, <laughs> you leave the car. Guys, the car was, the car probably costs more than the, the lollies. You could have sold the car, <laughs> which was stolen. Or you could have sold, it for, I don't know. It's just, you know, like, what are you thinking? They weren't thinking. That's the thing. They weren't thinking. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the factors and the determinants that give rise to such dumb behavior. All right. So Ram Raids... Similar dumb behavior is just a symptom Behavior is behavior Let's just just look at it objectively Behavior is behavior, right? Sorry to sound a bit contrived, contrite But it's not the problem It's not the problem itself Though itself, it does cause and begets other sorts of problems That exacerbate the underlying fundamental problem But let me, let me just explain And maybe, maybe we can Let's highlight a few fixable things as well over the course of this episode. Right. Life is complicated. Yes. It's a big bush. <laughs> Life is a big bu- <laughs> It's a big bush. Let's, let's shake it and see what comes out of it. <laughs> okay. Humans have layers. Um, when people talk about onions, that onion analogy, I don't like it. Onions make me cry. It's, you know, and also it's hard to distinguish one onion layer from the next. It, looks, it all looks the same. It all smells the same. Yeah, and life isn't neat, you know, when you observe a bush <laughs> This is a terrible, <laughs> this is a, I'm starting out really badly, sorry guys But you look at, okay, stay stay with me though You um, guys this bush, lots of birds on there You shake the bush, some birds fly off, some birds stay, right? The the birds that fly off you think, ah, oh, those are the birds that were in the bush, right? But, <laughs> and you know, you make note of the birds that flew away and you think, ah, those those birds that flew away, those are the ones that live in the bush. But the ones that did not fly away, um, there might be different kinds of birds. The one that flew off, but because you haven't, because you, you, you couldn't see them, you you've only assumed things about the things that you could see. Which are the birds that flew off, right? When you shook the bush, There's still things inside the bush that remain, which you're not going to be able to see, right? But what I'm trying to say is, what, what I'm trying to say is, we don't know everything. Humans are complicated. We have so many layers, so many ingredients, all mixed up in there, in this uh, weird wonderful soup, you know, called humanity, right? And our behavior is just stuff that's on the surface. It's just stuff that you and I can observe. But we can't see what's going on inside people. We don't know what their intent is. We don't know where they come from. We don't know their struggles. We don't know the problems that they're dealing with, right? We don't know their goals, their dreams, their visions, um, all that stuff, all that stuff. Chop Suey. When, When we see young people do naughty things that gets them into trouble with the law, you might just see a ram raider, right? But one ram raider is not necessarily the same as the next ram raider. There's a whole lot of other things in that person that you haven't understood which you need to understand, right, if you're wanting to try and help them. So it doesn't make sense to generate solutions based on just fixing the behavior. So let's say you've got a car full of Ram Raiders, right? They've done a Ram Raid. How are we going to stop them Ram Raiding? Let's just lock them up. Just throw them in a... Now... When you, lo- when, you, when you do something like that, you can get different outcomes. Why? Because each individual Ram Raider is an individual with a unique set of characteristics that have culminated in who they are. And um, one intervention is not going to suit all of them. How can it? You're going to get different results, different outcomes. Because, again, the behavior is only a signal of an underlying problem. The problem has not been fixed. You've only done some window dressing, you know, by um, by only um, looking at the behavior. You have to look deeper at the layers. I hope I'm not telling you stuff that you don't already know, because uh, if I am, just, you know, go, go and listen to The Nuttas Club instead. Well worth your time. I want to talk about targeting contextual and individual risk factors a little bit. I'm going to talk first about the things that youth can't control. The things that people can't control. The things that happen to us. Things that happen to the youth that do this sort of ram stuff. Big things, big-ticket things. Exposure to mistreatment. Things like abuse, neglect, violence on a chronic basis. Such that there is so much uncertainty in the young person's relationship with their carers. You know, carers who are meant to support them unconditionally. The mistreatment they experience or get in childhood um, creates so much uncertainty and inconsistency that makes it very difficult for them to establish trusting relationships with their carers. Why is that critical? Well, when we don't have security in relationships, we can't then internalize a sense of security for ourselves. Without that, we are not fully together, complete or whole. And this can also happen when there's disruption in carer relationships or between carers. Um, you think about you know, broken homes uh, affecting carers' ability to provide love, support, safety, food, basic needs. Things that most pe- parents want to provide. But because of some kind of disruption or rupture in parents' relationships or couples' relationships... It makes it very difficult for them because of whatever that is to then provide properly for their kids, right? Which then generates the same kinds of insecurity I was talking about before, but in a different way. And um, kids don't have the opportunity to internalize a secure base and they feel insecure themselves. Or they might have been written off at school. They might have been bullied at school. And we also know, of course, that engagement of education, I mean, yes, it does help to lower The risk of um, naughty behavior later on down the track. Yes, sure. But you can also breed insecurity within the school system. You know, bullying being a case in point. So I think it's so critical. No matter where a kid is embedded, they need adults, strong attachment figures within the setting of school and home. It helps to anchor them. You know, relationships count. You're a teacher or a parent. You have such a powerful influence, you know. You really do. If a kid can establish a stable relationship, right, with an attachment figure, an adult attachment figure, and um, they that you know that that becomes a source of security, they're much less likely to do bad behavior down the track. You know, they're more secure in themselves. They don't need to do shenanigans in order to find connection because they already have connection. So, you know, be it at home or at school, look for opportunities to build stronger relationships with your kids. Because if they don't have attachments to strong figures in their life, kids get lost. Like, Let me backtrack here that um, if you're an educator, if you're a sports coach, maybe you might say, ah, I didn't sign up for that. I just want to teach science. Just want to teach kids how to kick balls. I don't know why that was funny to me. Um, it's fine. I mean, you know, you, you don't have to do the connection stuff. But in my view, it's an important opportunity to do so. You know, it's, it's a privilege. It's an honor being in that sort of position. Because you can shape our generation. You can shape our kids' generation for the better. Um, it takes a village. It's true. Uh, peer rejection For example is another important problem you know because they might not be socially competent or skilled so they're easily alienated and if they don't have anchors like i talked about before it's much easier for them to become adrift and they'll find other kids who are similarly adrift you're a ram raider me too i'm a ram raider let's do some ram raids together keep your eyes out for those ones that seem a bit lost okay if you see that, I, I invite you to please do your best to connect with them or help them to connect, right? It, you, it could very well save a life or number of lives. Let's do this together, okay? We're a village. Let's huddle. Let's huddle, my friends. Let's do it. We can do it together. We can, we can heal the heal the world. Like that Michael Jackson song. Heal the world, make it a better place. So keep your eyes out. Okay. These are the ones that need to be, um, snaffled up and we need to find, um, ways to help them connect. Yes. Because th- the sad thing is a lot of disconnected f- folks, not only are they more at risk of doing bad stuff out there, uh, but they're also at risk of bad stuff happening to them. Okay. More vulnerable, right? If we can connect with them, envelop them, develop them, we can teach them fundamental people skills and it's much easier to do that when we have established trust. Trust comes from connection. We first need to make the effort, the steps to do that, make the first steps to connect. And you know, look, kids are kids, right? Teenagers are teenagers. Sometimes they act all cool and aloof and and stuff like that, but that's not actually natural. It sounds a bit strange to say that, okay? But that's a sign that they're not connected. They're not connected, Don't give up. Kids Kids can be like that. We can be like that. Adults can be like that. You know, we're tired, it's the end of the day. Don't just put their aloofness to just being a teenager. They might just actually be really tired. And they probably are. They probably are. There's a lot going on for them. They might not want to explain everything to you right there and then. They also might not want to do that because they feel disconnected from you, that you don't get them. So the answer still is, what is the problem? What's the problem? It's not that they're aloof or, or, or standoffish. The problem is, there's no connection there. I mean, think about it. Like, w- when you feel connected to your friends, you like talking to them, right? You like to talk to them, right? You like to talk to your friends, I hope. But if you're not connected to someone, you might act more aloof disconnected, standoffish. Am I right? You have to woo them. Oh my gosh, no one uses that word anymore, I think. But that's what it's like. Well, that's what it can be like. You have to literally, you have to woo, woo your kids. Literally have to make an effort to make them like you. You remember how you did that with your with your crush, right? Who's now your wife or your husband. Okay, look, don't get weird about this. I'm not talking about romantic relationships here with your kids that's weird it's wrong what I'm trying to say is here in this context right I'm saying you know how to establish connection when it wasn't initially forthcoming why don't you feel the same urgency with your kids I know why it's because we've been trained to accept that it's normal for kids to be aloof with us while it's not unless they're really tired or they're really sick (laughs) right make an effort just do it woo them woo them (laughs) woo there are things like okay other things as well that could be an exacerbator like poverty indeed it's a problem poor health all right physical health problems can make it difficult for people to connect i know that why did i mention poverty well sometimes when people are stressed about finances trying to make ends meet okay they might not have the energy or the resources to try and connect with you right there and then, right? And you might not have the same sort of energy to do that with your kids because you're thinking about putting food on the table, right? But connection is just as important as food. Yeah, that's, well, that's so easy for you to say, Devin. Well, no, it's not. I'm just stating a fact. It doesn't mean life gets better when you, (laughs) or easier when you have connection with one another. I'm just saying that in order for kids to trust you, you need connection. It's just a fact in order for kids to, to feel anchored, like they belong attached you need connection. It's a fact. It's interesting. Um, connection with you is critical when you're okay. They're okay. All right. The next thing, next layers, let's talk about, okay, let's talk about the things that Ram Raiders might be born with. Okay. As a group, Ram Raiders, naughty behaved people, tend to be more impulsive, throw-seeking, novelty-seeking. They love to do crazy things to get that dopamine fix. You might now see how those other things I mentioned are incredibly important to keep kids like this focused on being connected to strong, attached, stable adults who do pro-social things. Because they're going to channel their raw energy, their... Uh, dopamine seeking um, behavior to pro social things now. If they're not anchored, where are they gonna go, right? They're gonna find the things, the next thing that makes makes them feel good. And it might just be something antisocial. It's because they're not connected. Like I said, I keep telling you this. They could be intensely emotional people, you know, which which is linked with difficulties managing and controlling, regulating emotion. They may have low empathic skill. And, and, and those folks tend to have a proclivity towards attributing uh, the worst of someone. You can only infer, of course, how much empathy someone actually has by observing patterns of acting or behaviour. You never quite know if they are actually empathic or not. But there are skills you can teach to help them become more naturally empathic if it doesn't come easy. talk about this a lot in my other episodes. Children with low remorse tend to, mm, I would say, refuse accepting responsibility for their actions. They blame others. They minimize the effect of their harmful behavior on others. So it's, it's therefore very important that both parents and teachers or people in position of power show that they can make mistakes. They can admit them. This helps you to model vulnerability, you know, making it okay that we can deal with being wrong. We can show a willingness to learn from our mistakes and we can accept responsibility. And this is um, with the big things and the small things. For, 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 For example, I make assumptions about my child's motives and behavior and I scold them, only to find out later that I'm wrong. If that happens, I need to make every effort to make sure That I make a big deal about being wrong and then apologize. While also validating how it felt for my kids when I blame them for something that they did not intend. Then I need to hear them out even when it hurts me. Even when they are saying uh, things in retaliation. Just kids. They were hurt by me. So maybe they have a right to say, (laughs) you know, to to rub some salt in it. Um, And then once they're finished, I need to commit to doing better. Modeling this with the small and the big stuff teaches our kids some critical skills, really important skills for life. And it helps them as well to be better people in their own relationships down the track. And you know what? The other thing it does is it improves your connection with them too. Okay, what else? Hmm, things that kids are born with. ADHD. Kids who are hyperactive, have um, more difficulties concentrating and staying on track and focusing. I invite you to go get them assessed. But even, even if they do get treatment, still, you know, the same stuff I've just talked to you about needs to be, needs to be considered. You need to, you need to address those things too. A lot of kids with um, that, uh, con- the con- those con- that confluence of symptoms, the ADHD type symptoms, they have less ability to delay gratification. They get bored more easily. They want things now. And clearly, you can see how a kid with those traits who might be feeling disconnected or unmoored, no connection, might be more likely to travel down the road of delinquent delinquency, right? And I've talked about this as well in some of my other episodes. So it's crucial that kids with these sorts of traits have outlets, extracurricular activities, pro-social kinds of activities. But again, the critical part is that they form trusting, attached relationships with stable adults. All right, what about things that our kids just get into? Are there factors there that explain bad behavior? Yes, there are. So drugs and alcohol is a big one. What you need to know for this episode is that early use of drugs and alcohol is very common in young so-called delinquent youth. By now, you should have some notion of why that might be the case. Why... Alcohol doesn't mix with disconnected youth. It also doesn't mix with young brains, right? Brains are already under renovations. (laughs) You know, kids who gravitate to doing illegal stuff are more likely to already be doing other underhanded things. Things off the radar. Which implies that they're already disconnected. They don't have strong attachments. Otherwise they would feel guilty about it. Because kids who are strongly attached, right? The incentive... For them to to remain out of trouble is that it costs them what does it cost them the price they pay is a rupture to their cherished stable attached relationships the attachments if they're not uh, throwing some drugs and alcohol it amplifies bad behavior um like those youth justice fight clubs that you've been watching on the news recently now it goes back to this thing we're talking about this mental health stuff right where does that fit in you know the nutters club Where's that fit in? Where's mental health fit in? Well, everywhere. Through it all. If you can do the attachment stuff well, it's like, what do they say? An ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. Connection at home and at school is absolutely crucial and critical. Connection at home and at school is critical for our kids' security. Children need to be seen, heard, and understood. Okay, that's the message. Connection, connection, connection. Equals security of self. Equals stability of self. It means that you don't have to do naughty stuff in order to feel connected. Because you're already connected. You already got your dopamine fix. I want to invite you to go to the... um, To do the free mini training course. HowToWisdom.com forward slash Jedi Mind. To start learning more about this stuff. These sorts of kills skills are absolutely fundamental and you can build other skills on top of this but it is in my view the fundamental skill for every parent the capacity the ability to connect so you know check it out it's free it'll be cool to hear from you how you're using this stuff too you you can post it on your stories on your socials Just hashtag us in, hashtag Wisdom. Might be fun to to see some of your stories. It'd be cool. Hey, I've waffled on and on and on. I think I'm going to go take a nap. And uh, I hope to catch up with you next time. Thanks so much for hanging out, my friends.